It is Sunday evening here, the final Sunday in the month of May. As Justin Timberlake once said, it's gonna be June the next time we do a show. Uh, I'm one of your hosts here, Barry Murphy. Joined as always by my ever-dependable co-host, first of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. Hello. And also with us, Mr. Joe Towner. Too sweet! And we are here uh, on this uh, balmy maze evening to talk to you about our lives, talk to you about wrestling, talk to you about other bits and bobs we've been up to. We've got some movies to discuss. We've got all that jazz. Lads, I'm back on the show um, after... uh, after missing last week, well done carrying the the, uh, the affair without me. Um, uh, I have I have last week's show downloaded and not yet listened to, so please refrain from uh, spoiling any of your thoughts about Game of Thrones because I'm going to listen to them at some point. Um, so just keep all that to yourself. I don't want I don't want to have that ruined. But uh, other than recording a damn fine podcast, how have your weeks been? I love that this is something we do now. Is like, it's one of our our features. We're going to talk about our weeks. Like, what podcast just does that? Ah, oh, I went to the <laughs> shop, bought a you know sweet potatoes and that. <laughs> I like that we do it. I just it's it, when you said it there, it just kind of came into my mind that that's quite an odd thing to you know promote. <laughs> For the record, I don't think any of us have ever come along and said I went to the shop. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure about that. Come on. 400 plus episodes, I'm sure that's come up once. Yeah. Yeah, probably did, that's fair. Uh, I did go to the shops a few times this week, actually. Oh, go on, go on. <laughs> I don't think any of them were that notable. Um, did you get any... Let me see here. I got um, some bonbons, some lemon bonbons. Bon- wait, yeah, t- this, t- this, hit me with the bonbon talk, go on. <laughs> uh, there's a French joke that Mama loves. I haven't talked about Mama on the show for a while. Oh, yeah. But, of course, bonbon is just the French word for sweets, right? And Mama says, you know, you, you can be bon, which means good, or you can be bonbon, which means you're you're two times bon, and when you're two times bon, that's when they suck you. And Mama loves that joke. And he would te- tell that almost every day. Um, so I've had some lovely lemon bonbons here. I'm enjoying just before the show some Richie's Milky Moo bonbons, lemon flavor. Mm. Um. So yeah, I I was just as I mentioned. Sorry to spoil a little bit of last week's podcast, Barry. I've been was in Leakslip for the last like week and a half. Uh, recorded the show down there. Brought me gear down. We did a show. No problem. We'll go out of the way for the listeners' pleasure, so don't worry it's, about that. We, it's, it's about the fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. About don't the, worry. Um, I'll do it. Yeah. It's grand. The sports entertainment podcast enthusiasts. That's yeah. what we yeah. really care about. Yeah. And the ones what just listen for the movie reviews and that. Oh, the guff enthusiasts. Yeah, yeah the guffs. Um, so I was down there for a week. That was quite nice. Um, and now I'm back in 
Dublin Five in old Rahini. Um, so that was quite nice to be down there for a while. I, I got a little bit more sleep than I typically get because, of course, it's closer to where I work. Um, quite a bit of a stressful work week as well. The first few days of the week, I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't enjoying the old oh, work. No. Nah, too much shit to do. Too much. Too many. This is the thing. When you, right when you become a team lead uh, in any position, whether you're a manager of uh, an IT desk or uh, uh, Nando's or I don't know, whatever the the industry, um, I don't think you realize how fucking mad people are like crazy until you have to actually manage people because the amount of times i was called upon by my boss saying uh paul can you have a word one of these and tell them to stop doing the stupid shit they're doing and just tell them stop stop it so i think on tuesday i had about like five meetings where i had to pull someone into a room and go here that don't stop doing (laughs) stop doing the stupid shit you're doing stop it um, so I had a bit of a bit of a busy week like that. The last couple of days actually turned out quite well. So, um, so it's not so not so bad at the moment. But this is something that I've kind of had in my mind the last God, I have to admit, the last month, two months is when I'm not at work. I'm often stressing about it because I have so much shit to do that I'm 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 always, especially when I'm like going to bed, thinking, oh fuck, I have to talk to this person about this tomorrow and give out to this person. Da 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 da. And this is kind of the first weekend where, again, in about maybe a month and a half, two months, first full weekend where just before we start recording, I kind of realized, oh, I've not really been thinking about thinking about work this weekend. So that's quite nice that maybe I'm coming out of that slump and uh, and moving on up. Mm. Well, that's basically what it was. Yeah, as I said, we're down in the slip. We um, watched a couple of movies, which we'll talk about. We played a little board game. Talk about that one in the in the old game goof. Um, played a bit of my PlayStation for the first time in a while. Probably did a combined like five or six hours of PlayStation time uh, over the week, so that was nice. But apart from that, it was kind of just a quiet, quiet week to to relax and to recuperate. Mm, definitely not as exciting as yours, Barry. You were in Edinburgh. That's right, laddie. I went to old <laughs> Jamaica. What is that? Um, no, I went to Scotland uh, with my mum. It was her birthday last week. Um, she's uh, left the country precisely one other time, and that was to take me to Scotland for college. She wanted to go back ever since, so I said I'd take her to old Edinburgh. Uh, there for a long weekend and she had a lovely time it was a, it was a really fun weekend it was uh, very low-key which i liked you know i do lots of traveling from wrestling and other stupid things like that and it's often lots of um rushing to the airport and getting early flights and flying back on a couple hours sleep and drinking and being hung over all this stuff it was nice to just fly into a, a city uh do the tourist trap soak up a little bit of the of the local area and then uh, head home uh, uh, after the fact, it was nice. Uh, Edinburgh is a lovely, lovely city, and let me tell you, lads, you've never met a more dog-friendly city mm. than Edinburgh, right? Like, so not 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 in the very very city centre, but so many cafes and pubs with uh, dog-friendly signs on them. You know, you're allowed to bring your dog in, and, and that was reflected in the people. I mean, it was just 
every second person was walking a dog in and around the city. It was crazy, uh, which, that, which I love. That's a little bonus when you're walking around the town. But yeah, uh, we did the castle, Edinburgh Castle. Big, big castle. Um, lots, of, lots of stones and that in it. Uh, it's a big, some big cannons. Um, it's very, very, very impressive. I mean, they really have, they've kind of, you know, built the, they've built, this massive sort of metropolitan city, but they very much built it kind of around their their you know historical landmarks and castles, and they're all really wonderfully preserved. So the city is this really really nice mesh of, of old and new, and, and so the the Edinburgh Castle is right there in city in the city center, and uh, it, it is beautiful and it's massive and it's it's you know uh, we spent three and a half hours in there and probably could have spent even more time. There's just so much to see, uh, lots of great exhibits and things like that. There's like little little mini museums almost in a way like you go down to the you know this one section and then there's this small like museum of war in scotland that you can uh mill around for about 20 minutes and then you go up to the prison and it's like here's a little exhibit on on um, you know prisoners of war and all this stuff it's great it's it's really really great and if you're a real history buff i'd say you could probably you could probably stay in there all the live long day um really really great other than that we kind of just you know went around saw a lot of the uh, uh, sites with found some you know, little cafes here and there to, to go in. Just great. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Um, How was the local cuisine? Did you find anything look, that wasn't deep fried? Uh, well, so uh, the first night Why we got in... Want to, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the point. Uh, the first <laughs> night we got in, um, we were walking, we got, got uh, you know, airport bus into city centre, yeah. and it seemed like the, the, the guest house we were staying in was, you know, it was about... 25 minute trek from where the bus dropped us uh and we passed somewhere and i was like this will be an experience for my mom because she's never had this before but i know it's good so we took her i took her to five guys right she had her first five guys experience um she thought it was very very nice although she did say to me um something that i probably agree with to be fair I, I don't think Limerick people will pay these prices. I was like, yeah, you're probably right. This 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 won't catch on uh, back home. This, this is a very notiony Dublin uh, uh, restaurant back home. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we did that. Uh, then the second day after the castle, we uh, just kind of we just kind of found a pub basically that that we wanted to have a, a drink or two in before we went back, and mm-hmm. they did food there. So I got a, a tasty uh, chi- uh, fajita chicken cabanera thing that was very nice. Mm-hmm. A bit of pasta sauce and man got the steak. And then, indeed, on the final night, something I never did when I actually lived in Scotland for six months, I got myself a deep-fried burger. Um, oh, it, was so, it was so good. It was so great to the point that I really wanted another one. I'm sure I could probably get one in town uh, if I looked, but, oh, God, it was great. And it was a, it wasn't just a deep fried burger, it was a deep fried cheeseburger. Oh so, so I bit into it and it was scalding hot. I was like, oh, oh, oh. and then just cheese oozing out the middle of it. Oh god, it was so good. And the lady goes to me, I just you know it, you know, it's it's just just the burger in the batter, there's no buns. I'm like, that's fine. Just give it to me straight. Um But yeah, that was uh that was really, really great. Um yeah, so I enjoyed I enjoyed the cuisine, I enjoyed the scenery, and my mam had a lovely, lovely time. Uh, very happy with her little holiday. So, um, so yeah, that was it. And that, that was kind of the peak of life up there. I had a very quiet week uh, at work this week, kind of the opposite of Paul. Uh, kind of kind of boring. Um, 
uh, kind of staring at the four walls. So I, I like being a little busier. Um, I tell you one thing that's really withered me, Paul. I, mm. I, the lack. I, I realized so far this year uh, how much I sort of month to month look forward to the little OTT weekends to get me through I the work day. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's like, oh god, there's fucking nothing coming up. I'm like, it's brutal, and you know, and, and it's like, I don't, I don't have the energy or the money or the time to be going up to Belfast and shit like that. They had a Belfast show today; it sounded good, but goddamn, who has the energy? Um, it's, 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 it's rubbish. And so weeks like this, where, where you know, the work week was kind of slow and the office was kind of quiet, and they're staring at the four walls. It's like, God, I don't even have the, you know, this is typically where I would kind of think, oh. What's going to happen at the next show? That's going to be great. But, uh, yeah, that's withering me a bit. Tell you what, though. Um, uh, next week, I'll be up in uh, up in the big smoke again. Mm. Uh, I'm going to my first ever Fight Factory show. Mm. Hello. Uh, which is one of the, uh, the premier Irish wrestling schools. And, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Just, you know, again, just kind of... Is that on this feel, Saturday feel. or Sunday? Or... That's fr- a Friday, actually. Friday. Uh, so I have a half day from work, so I'm going up uh, straight away after work. Right. And they've got uh, Angel Cruisers versus More Than Hype. Uh, and uh, I'm sure a bunch of people I haven't heard of yet will be on that card. So yeah, you know, f- fill in the, the void there any way I can. Well, we're going to be uh, going yeah. to Dublin's Bloom Festival. What's that? It's like a flower festival in the Phoenix Park. Ooh, so fancy. We're going to be doing that on Saturday. So that'd be quite good. Uh, and then coming up the f- oh no it is this weekend fuck I forgot leagues and festivals this weekend I'm not going to be able to see me dad wrestle the you know Ross Common uh, oh, ra- oh, Wrangler oh, oh raging raging sure look anyway I was, ho- I was hoping you'd be able to, to get the, the, the results up on cage match um. <laughs> <laughs> Get the attendance. Uh, how many of you people are looking in this direction and not looking at the the <laughs> bouncy trampoline ride? Uh, are you uh, sorry, Miss? Because they are kind of close together. Are, are you looking at the wrestling ring or are you looking at the juggler? I'm looking. I'm looking at the juggler. Okay, so that's attendance of six. Okay, go. <laughs> um. But yeah, so you have it. You have it. No, unfortunately, no. I presume it's going to be Irish whip wrestling again. No Irish whip wrestling report next week. But I will talk to you about what flowers I saw on that. Yeah, yeah. And give us the attendance of the flower fest and all this other stuff. Uh, it'll be the attendance of the Irish whip wrestling to a magnitude of about ten thousand. Yeah, yeah. Joe. I've done things. Save us. Um, um, so what have I done? Friday. Very nice weather this week. So yeah. I've been out and about having a few drinky poos. Um, Friday, met up with, well, went out with some work friends. Uh, Michelle popped along. Uh, that was good. Had a few drinks. Then went to Wingstop, uh, which is the, the American chain I mentioned before, I think, that's opened up uh, a branch in central London. Mm. Um there's some very nice wings and, and chips. It's, it's very much uh, your Five Guys, but wings wings version of a Five Guys. Hmm. So it's incredibly expensive uh, for fast food. And you have to wait 20 minutes to get your food as well. So, you know, it's like fast food, but expensive and you have to wait ages. So in a way, even better, you know. Um, but the, 
the wings were good because I was very, very hungry. I hadn't had any dinner but at this point, so did enjoy the wings. Um, that was good. Yesterday, we just went out. Michelle had to buy some inordinately uh, expensive face cream from her special shop that she goes to. Uh, about it's like 45 quid or something for a face thing. Um, yeah, it's like ridiculous. So we did that and then uh, just had a little walk by the river, which is very nice. And then today, just... Uh, just went out and had a nice uh, Greek meal. There's a, there's a chain in, in the UK called The Real Greek. Um, just kind of sprung up in the last few years. Uh, does Greek food. Um, so it's the first time I've been there, so it's quite nice. Had a little um, uh, souvlaki. It's, it's kebab, basically. Mm. Uh, with, but it's got chips in it, so that's good. That's in it? Or with kebab with, no, in it. In the wrap. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I like that. Ram and chips in a wrap. I'd also add a little salad because you've got to make the effort. And, you know, I feel like if you go into the restaurant and just order the kebab with chips in it, it makes you look a little bit unsophisticated. So I thought, you know, order a salad as well. That'll make you look like we're not uh, complete uh, Neanderthals. Um, so it was, it was pretty good, pretty tasty, not, not too expensive. Um, really, really annoying table of twats next to us. Uh, this, there's this, the, I don't know who, it was like a, a mum and dad and then a a teenage boy and then another guy who i don't think was related to them but he was i don't know what was going on anyway the guy the, the dad was he was kept mansplaining movies to them telling explaining like the avengers and how that ties into captain marvel and all of this oh, god then, i can't he, imagine anything worse <laughs> then he kept getting his ipad out and then he was like quizzing the waiter about oh do you know if you um you, there was, I think you used to do a different lamb dish on the menu, it, blah, 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 and the waiter's like, "I've only been here three months, but I, I don't know what what you're talking about." And this, oh, one of those types. So that was on one side, and the other side, there was this couple with a kid who was probably like nine, eight, nine, ten years old. They spent about forty minutes talking about money in the bank. I was sitting there like, "What the hell is going on?" Just sitting there. I didn't quite hear all the conversation, but I kept hearing them say money in the bank. I'm talking about presumably the pay-per-view or going to a wrestling show or something. So that was weird. I kind of wanted to lean over and let them know that, uh, you know, WWE's dead. Uh, start watching AEW's dead, but I'm not yeah, sure. If start watching uh, Are you guys talking about uh, sports? <laughs> and uh, let me tell you about a little thing called professional wrestling. <laughs> it's back, baby. It's back. <laughs> uh, back in the wrestling. Back, man. Um, business vids. Yeah. So that was it. And then we had a little walk home. Did rain a little bit, but you know, it can't be helped. And then, yeah, so a pretty nice weekend. And of course, bank holiday tomorrow for us. So. Oh, jammy fucker. Oh, I can't wait to have another little lie in tomorrow. It's going to be oh, fantastic. I tell you what, though, your story reminded me of something. Uh, I missed out on the opportunity last week. Paul, did you talk about John Wick last week? I did. Talk about how good it is. I did. You and I, I think, had almost identical uh, views on it, so I won't reiterate that. But Joe's story of the twats next to him um, reminded me. Um, just a dreadful cinema uh, viewing experience uh, uh, watching John Wick 3. Conversely, right, I was expecting the worst for Aladdin, which you and I will talk about shortly. Um, uh, but that was fine. I was expecting, oh, kids film, oh, Dumbo was terrible. Oh, well, they're going to be screaming, they're going to be asking questions. No, Aladdin, great. Uh, older audience, everyone watching it, everyone having fun, no one asking stupid questions. John Wick 3, uh, we, me and my roommate went to see it, me and my roommate Dave, right? we, we, we saw the last one together, it's kind of, you know, we, were, we couldn't wait to go and see this thing. These two lads sat behind us, directly behind us, and they were our age, they looked to be like, you know, mid, mid to late 20s or whatever, and 
on top of just never shutting the fuck up and asking the most inane <laughs> questions, they were it was a thing of like as not as sort of slightly less loud than I'm talking to you right now, but it was nowhere near approaching whispering or or, or anything. But it was stuff like like um, <laughs> I was convinced they had not seen the first two films because um, so you know early in, you know early in the film kind of you know. Lots of scenes of Keanu Reeves running around and reaction shots of people who are looking at him going, oh, that's, that's John Wick. I'm going I'm to cock my gun and look, look suspiciously at him. You know what I mean? Because that's what John Wick is. And just about 10, 15 minutes into this film, one of the lads, one of the lads goes, how do they all know who he is? <laughs> it's John Wick. That's <laughs> of the movie. They all know who he is. They're all in on it. They're all in on the bit. Um... And then again, and within a couple of minutes of that, after some elaborate fight scene, um, the other fella, yeah, because they were they were back and forth. They were both a pair of fucking. Uh, oh, I was about to use a, a offensive terminology for people who. Were, anyway, um, they were they were, the other fella turns and goes, oh, they must be in the agency too. It's like yeah, yeah, they must be. Yeah, that's the best. Again, again, my friend, that is the premise. That is the premise of the film. Is that they're all in on it? They're all in the thing. They're all in on it. I'll, I'll 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 reiterate this in a few minutes if you still haven't gotten it. Um, it would have been a very boring film if none of them knew who John Wick was. Say what? It would have been a very boring film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Fourteen million uh, excommunicado uh, ransom on John Wick. Wait, who who the fuck's that? On, on who? <laughs> Daddy, man, doing angle slams on the on the on the ninjas. Some lads. He seems pretty epic. I wouldn't fuck with him. Um, but also, shit, like, there's a scene where a character, like, kind of, uh, uh, you know, has a uh, has a kind of over-the-top action movie fall from a height that they survive. And one of the guys goes, oh, come on. I'm like, it's John Wick. It's fucking, you're watching a John Wick movie. What do you want? <laughs> oh, God. And it was incessant. They wouldn't fucking stop. And it was just like, have you seen any of these movies before? Do you like action movies? Because I don't know what you're getting out of this. It was absolutely brutal. Um, yeah, thankfully the the fine patrons of the Disney fans at the Aladdin uh, uh, showing were were much better. But Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Anyway, should we segue into movie golf on that note? Please. All right. So, so who saw Aladdin this week? I saw the original Aladdin this week. Ooh! Excuse me. Go on then. Um, I, I haven't watched the new one yet. I've only watched the original one. We watched it uh, the other day. Because uh, I wanted to kind of preemptively get in my head how good it actually is, the original. And uh, it's very funny because I had a conversation with, with my my brother about it at work. And uh, it was it was nearly word for word the same uh, conversation that Mark Kermode and Simon Mayo had on their <laughs> radio show um, when he was reviewing the new Aladdin. Almost a word-for-word um, copy-paste. Uh, yeah, I mean, the original Aladdin is great. Um, I think it's probably, and this this maybe will lead into your review of the new one, but I think it's probably the, the Disney movie the best suited to traditional animation because... They're really unlimited in what they can do. The genie can poof into another character, and especially the, I think the big um, pre-release uh, hub of online was the the snippet of the Prince Ali 
part which had been released on social media. Like you compare it to the the traditionally animated version, and you have genie is fifty different characters, and Aladdin is holding up men over his head, and it it's really really imaginative. And then the new one is just Will Smith come out and go, "Hey, come on now, sing a whip me here, hey hey." Uh, but he's just kind of doing a little dance. There's no, <laughs> there's no like magic to it. He he may as well not be a genie, to be honest. Now I've only seen a wee little bit of it, and what, from what I hear, Will Smith's performance is actually quite good. But um, like that, that was my biggest point. Having watched the original Aladdin, was like, why is why is live action the the end goal? I mean, the answer, of course, is money. But like, why why is live action? in terms of a remake why is that better than traditional animation same for lion king same for beauty and the beast same for jungle book why do they have to remake them as live action why is that the better option especially with aladdin where you're you're limiting so much the creativity uh of what you can actually do in the movie money Again, the answer is money, uh, and that's really unfortunate because, of course, I'm coming at it from the point of view of a viewer who likes to watch good films, and I'm watching Aladdin with you know Robin Williams' uh, iconic performance and and them using that zaniness to create like uh, an on-screen uh, reflection of that, and f- everything I've seen of the new Aladdin just seems so um, so straightforward. You know, there's there's nothing really creative to it from what I've seen, but um, yeah, that that original Aladdin is is extremely good. And one thing I didn't remember about it is how funny it is. And I I mean, even outside of Robin Williams, like even before Genie appears in the film, uh, I had laughed at it like five or six times. It's like, it's a very funny. I think I think even more so than your Lion Kings. And your other Disney movies of that era. I think Aladdin's like the funniest one. It's really, really funny film. Um, so Barry, let, let, let us know how the new one is. How good it is. Well, the, the new one is is alright. Um, I feel like a lot of the criticisms I had of Dumbo are also present here. But it's it's overall a better movie. And, and the predominant criticism I have is that they really did... They just remade the movie. They just did it again, um, except now it's live action. But, well, this movie does look good in places. It's like they've remade it, but it even looks like it's really, it's aping the style and the color palette of the original. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's evident in the trailers. It's like, it's almost, it's almost like a fan made this as a, as a bit of a, a experiment, you know, on YouTube or something. Mm. Um, but you know, I like the cast. The cast, I, I was not familiar with any of them other than Will Smith before before uh, this film. But I think it's 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 solid cast. I think it's um, uh, you know, I think the effects look good. I think the songs are good. Although again, they're 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 retreads of, of, of they're mostly retreads of uh, of stuff from the original film. You know, you'll get a whole new world again um, when you see the the, the remake. Um, it's it's a it's a much better made film than Tumbo, but I you'll just never be able to shake the feeling that they've just remade the film in as safe and familiar a way as possible. It's like they're kind of it's like the goal of these remakes is just to make people go, oh wow, in the same way comic book fans are, are you know get the 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 
the sensation of seeing something that they once saw in one medium brought to life with real real actors and, and in a live action setting. You know, I, I guess they're going for that wow factor of, well, this is a cartoon, and, and I bet you never thought you'd see actual people portraying these characters. Uh, you know, you know what I mean? I, I, is that supposed to be the draw? I don't know, but um, I enjoyed it. I I, I laughed. I, I thought it had charm. Uh, I I thought it is other than other than Will Smith's genie. I think it is very visually striking, and it looks really nice. Um, I, I think the genie looks terrible. I think I think all the initial. Uh, criticism of that genie look when the when the trailers first hit, I thought that was all justified, and I, I think it's justified here. It looks fake, and it looks uh, it looks kind of several years out of uh, out of alignment. Uh, it's just it's just that thing you have in modern movies where the more realistic you go, the more uh, that the human like creatures are going to stick out like sore thumbs because when you have there's just something about when you put a human face on these things, they just don't quite look right. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's it's all right. It's all right. Um, I think I think you'll enjoy it. I think, but I think having just rewatched the animated one, I think you'll definitely come out of it thinking, "My God, they have just uh, played it as safe as possible." Uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I have uh, uh, this is all right. I have very low expectations for for uh, the Lion King because whereas this is at least a kind of fantastical fantasy movie where they, you know, it's live action, but they have lots of elaborate studs and dance numbers and magic and lots of colorful uh, uh, things happening on screen. Lion King, it's like, okay, they're remaking the movie and they've completely cut out all the unique art and uh, the, the the character behind all those animals. Um, uh, they've cut all that stuff out. And in favor, they've just made it look hyper-realistic. Here's a CGI lion and a CGI hyena and a CGI whatever Timon and Pumba are. So again, um, why why is that style? I mean, let's not, not call it live action because it's inherently not live action. It, but why yeah, is hyper-realism yeah. the, the, you know, the end goal here? Like, as you said, it strips away all the style out of it. Is it to show the power of the tech? Is it again because yeah, I, it makes I, I loads of money? I think it's to it's to wow average Joe. Yeah. Because uh, well, we're going to hit a we're going to hit a wall presumably. Because, but it's like it, it's like Disney like adapting their own creations in a weird way. Because, like I said, I think it is like like um, you know like, like the comic book thing. Like it make like the trailers are very easy to to share on Facebook and catch average joe cinema maker like oh remember when this was a cartoon now it's like realistic it's like actual animals and stuff like that you know you know what i mean yeah. like that's the wow factor i guess but i was actually talking about this uh with a friend of mine who's a, a big disney fan and you know she's she's kind of bullish on the lion king movie she's looking forward to it i was like yeah but like remember those like the, the the design of those hyenas and the exaggerated smiles and all this other stuff it was so clever uh, like all oh, that's lost now because the goal is just to make a make a realistic hyena that looks like it actually looks on the National Geographic. Like where's the where's the fun in any of that? But uh, but that's a, that's a separate movie, I guess. But yeah, and uh, it's all right. You'll you'll have fun with it, but uh, it's not essential. Certainly not essential. All right. Well, as I said, I had a couple of tough days at work uh, last week. So one of the days, Natty was going off to have some sushi with a friend. So I stayed home got a takeaway and watched american psycho for the first time oh wow yeah that's a good that's a good shout for for a, a pick-me-up well it's, it's grim but you know you're it's having good. a tough week at work so you decided to watch a movie where a guy kills 
he works in an office, kills <laughs> lots of people. Well, or does he? I mean, we won't obviously spoil the film, but um, yeah, I think he does. Uh, so I'd never seen American Psycho before. Uh, it is on Netflix, so that's where I had the opportunity yeah. to watch it. Uh, I I'll come right out and say I I pretty much loved it throughout. Yeah. Uh, I I can definitely definitely see how if it's. Not exactly some people's cup of tea. I, I don't know whether, to be honest, it's a film that's more or less universally adored or whether it's more a divisive film, but um, I, 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 I really loved it. I think the ways people speak in it right away kind of grab my attention. It's it's almost like... um, God, it's, it's almost got like a bit of Tarantino to it, but it's not necessarily like razor sharp, like wit, mm. but... There's definitely like a style to the dialogue, and also, of oh, course, yeah. how it, how it's delivered. Um, and I, I just love the the vapid, like, well, you know, we everyone in the film talks like this, and I'm really rich, and I wake up in the morning, and I use this lotion, and then I put another lotion on, and then I put a face mask. I just, I, I loved everything about it, and um, it's you know, I, I think it definitely works as kind of a mix of genres i think that's one thing that it does probably it's probably it's it's real strength is like it's part black comedy it's part slasher movie it's part psychological thriller and it kind of equally works as all of those um because it's extremely funny um and i'll hearken to the scene where they all are comparing their um their business cards i was in hysterics watching it. it's so funny um just little Christian Bale's face as he sees, and then especially later on in the movie, there's the the one character that he especially hates. Um, although it's kind of hinted at that there's maybe some some rep- repressed homosexuality at the the core of that. When he sees his business card, it's just his face drops. No one else really is fucking paying attention. <laughs> Pay attention. Don't even give it a second look. Ah, oh, Christian Bale is so good in it as well. Ah, oh, just brilliant. just brilliant. Um. And then yeah, this thing you know, there's obviously like the sex scenes where he's just waffling about like Genesis and Whitney Houston, and ugh. like again as a comedy, I just I found it so so funny. Um, um, and yeah, I, I I thought it was really really great. Um, the one thing I would say that maybe it doesn't hold up as well, it it it's only 19 years old, but it looks like a mid 90s. Uh, like a Jerry Maguire era film, it's it's an old looking film, and I don't know whether that's to do with the way it was shot, or I again, I don't know what the budget for it was or whatever. But it um it doesn't look like it's from the era that it is from. I think like it came out in like two thousand. Definitely looks like a a nineties film. Um, but it's great. It has a little bit of um uh ambiguity to it in the sense of like almost like a Fight Club, it's almost like a David Fincher feel to it also. Uh, unfortunately, the woman who directed it never really made another film on that same, that same level. Um, uh, but I thought it was I thought it was excellent, and uh, I don't know how I came this far without watching it. But I'm definitely happy that I finally did. Yeah, I absolutely. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, one of my favorite characters as well. Yeah, and it is is a brilliant black comedy. Really, if if there's one kind of term to describe it, it's a black comedy. Yeah. Um, and I think Christian Bale's performance is he does the comedy incredibly well his facial expressions are great he's, he, 
kind of veers between like Norman Bates and Frank Spencer. Like he's just <laughs> the physical comedy, the facial expressions, everything. He's fantastic. He should do more kind of uh, that that sort of stuff. He's really well here, especially to the you know where he's doing the little dance in the raincoat. Oh yeah, Jared oh, Perfect. Yeah, Jared Leto is great in it as well. He's got a small role, yeah. but he's excellent in it. Yeah, I mean that must have been one of his first big roles. Yeah, and one of Christian Bale's first big roles as well. I mean, he was in. Oh, um, definitely, yeah, his breakthrough. He was in. Um, no, he was in. Uh, what was the film he was in, like a teenager in Christian Bale? What was it called? Uh, M- Empire of the Sun. Yeah, Empire. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fuck, that came out in nineteen eighty-seven. Jesus. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> American Psycho is very good. Yeah, great. Um, so I watched yesterday uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, uh, yes. the latest Mission Impossible movie. Uh, I think you've both seen it, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very silly, isn't it? It's very silly. It is. It is, and it, it, it's very, it plays it so serious. Like, it. Yeah. The, the kind of espionage fucking Metal Gear Solid plot of it all with all the is backstabbing and I'm this agency is actually bad and it's just yeah. I loved it I loved it oh god I, speaking of kind of laughing out loud um, I did laugh out loud at, towards the very beginning of the movie I I just couldn't believe it I'll, I'll spoil it now if you haven't seen it skip skip a minute or two but the scene in the hospital room. Yeah. Um, where they fake the news feed yes. to get the, the passcode from the the bad guy. It's so uh, just, and then and, and then Wolf Blitzer walks in and pulls him. It's not Wolf Blitzer. It's always oh, got a mask on and it's it's all fake. I just I just burst out laughing. I couldn't believe they'd, they'd done this in this movie. It was just yeah. so hilarious. <laughs> I was loving it, but also just couldn't stop laughing. It was in hysterics at it. Um, this this new trilogy really did lead more into the stupidity because even that that I can't remember, it ghost ghost no ghost protocol is the first or first of the new ones yeah, that, yeah. that's correct yeah because even that starts off straight away doesn't it with like uh, face perfect human face mask ripping off and just well it, it just, the the mask thing has been around since the first one uh, has it yeah yeah, yeah. I have, I've seen, I've seen, I haven't seen, I've seen one once and two ones. In fact, I think the first one is particularly bad. In the first one, everyone is just someone under a fucking mask. At least this time it's usually Simon Pegg. But even, even aside from the mask stuff, I mean, these, these, they're, they're just, there's a plot device device uh, in every other scene (laughs) where they have a certain, it's like 24, (laughs) but on drugs where they have a, yeah. Uh, 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 a, a little thing that just fixes the problem or causes the problem. Oh God! And then, but you know, it's 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 the action is the is the is the draw. Yeah, and there is there is some very good action. The the skydiving scene where they they fall through the thunderstorm as well. I why did why did they have to skydive into that party? Was there not another way to get to Paris? I don't know. That well, was no, it's, weird. It's, it's a city under siege. I suppose that's the easiest way. Yeah. And then later on, he's running along the, the train. I enjoyed that bit where he's at the, the he's in London and he's running along the train uh, platform because I have often got a uh, train home from that station. Mm. Um, so I was like, oh, that could be me. That could be me as Tom Cruise running to the Tate Modern along <laughs> in Black 40 Friars years time station. Yeah. 
Um, so that was fun. It was, I got a bit kind of, I lost concentration towards the end because it was a bit long and there's a lot of just so, so much stuff going on. But it, uh, overall, it was quite fun. Uh, it was very silly. Um, but I think tongue in cheek enough that it was fun rather than rather than stupid. So yeah, I, I haven't watched the old ones. Like I need that. to go and watch the the other ones now. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe. I think if you just start with Ghost Protocol, watch Rogue Nation, and then new. follow. You're, yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna watch. I'm not gonna watch three and two and three for God's sake. No. Um, oh, yeah, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed Fallout. Um, I mean, yeah, the draw, it's it's weird because it's almost a, like a meta thing because the, the draw of these films is that Tom Cruise does the stunts himself. Yeah. Uh, and that is a draw where it's like, usually, let's say you have a motorcycle chase uh, in, in a typical film. You, you'll always have it kind of shot from behind and you'll have, you know, the stunt double who's got the similar hair and or they'll have a helmet yeah. on. Like, the, the, the advantage that it has for films, okay, I, to be honest, I could, I could give a shite if Tom Cruise does the stunts or not. <laughs> but I, yeah. I like that that allows them to shoot it from, like, different angles that you wouldn't see typically. So you have shot from the front and you can see their little Tom Cruise on the motorbike or whatever. Um, and I, I love as well the amount of running he does in these films because, you see... Oh, he's he, so fast as well. He wants you to think that he's not, you know, whatever... 55 or whatever he's getting yeah <laughs> he's he getting that sort of ricky gervais like soft around the yeah. jaw so he does lo- loads like of a little old lesbian <laughs> but he's, he can run fast <laughs> but he wants you subliminally to think oh he can run fast he must be in his early 40s <laughs> well look at the length of the sleeves so that's that long yeah uh now it's it was good. Tom Cruise is good. Always good value. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's, I'll tell you what, Tom Cruise, complete weirdo, but you don't have to make some good films. Hey, so. he's, been, he's been packing them in for four decades now. Yeah. That is very impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I did enjoy the kind of more f- the physical stunts and the physicality of it as well. The fact that he does the stunts kind of helps that rather than it being just the novelty of him doing the stunt. It's yeah. the fact that it makes the stunt more real. It's not CGI, blah, blah, blah. blah. It's like a, you can see the physicality. So that's that's cool. Who and me? Uh, is that it for movie guff? It is. Yep. Uh, what do we want to do next? Uh, any TV guff? I don't have any. Anybody got TV guff? Um. Yeah. I'll start start with the next a Netflix show. Called Dead to Me, starring uh, oh, Apple Gay and your other one. I think Nancy's uh, there watching that. What's the name of the Netflix show you watch? Uh, Dead to Me. Dead to Me, yeah. Is it good? Yeah. Okay. Good review here. Go on, Joe. That's, TV, that's Telly Goff right there. That's Telly Goff there. Um, yeah, so it's good. It kind of reminded me a little bit of um, Big Little Lies, the HBO show that I reviewed a while back. Mm. Um, so it's a woman who's lost her husband in a hit and run accident and she joins a support group and meets this, makes a new friend who's also in the support group and has lost someone. And then you start to kind of, it starts to unravel all these secrets that we're not quite seeing at first. And there's big, lots of Twitter, very kind of twist and cliffhanger heavy sort of show. So, um, not sure how it will stand up to rewatches, but watching it the first time around, it, you get quite engrossed. I think we watched like four or five episodes in all in one go <laughs> just because it keeps keeps revealing these um these new twists it's very kind of binge worthy typical sort of netflix show um so it's good and it's funny it's fun enough good performances so yeah 
give that a go if you're looking for a new Netflix show to check out. Good stuff. Yeah, it's on my list. Uh, let's talk, Paul, a little bit about some video games. Mm. Uh, I've already been playing Rage 2 in the last week, and uh, my God, that is a dry video game. That is one dry, dry game. What, uh, what do you mean by that? I, uh, so basically, you saw the marketing for, for Rage 2, right? They had Andrew WK at, at E3. Yeah. Uh, lots of montages of crazy moves and you're just blasting people and you're fucking running around with your shotgun and you've got a double jump and you've got a force push and, and all this other stuff. And that stuff is in there, but it's an open world game and there's a lot of sort of hopping in your car and driving to the other side of the map mm. um, to get a mission. And the mission then starts with, uh, first of all, one of those, uh, I haven't seen one of these in games in ages. One of these scenes where the story characters, you're in a lab and you're meeting a wacky scientist. And he's like, ah, well, here's the exposition about how the plot got to this point. And anyway, here's the MacGuffin I need. And he's explaining all this other shit. And you're free to just kind of move around and look where you want. He spends five minutes chattering away, boring shite. The story's just completely, completely generic, placeholder, post-apocalyptic uh, stuff. And then, you know, you get after listening to him waffle for five minutes, then hop back in the car and drive ten minutes in the other direction to get to a base to shoot a bunch of dudes to collect an item to bring back to the, the story character. I mean, that's it. It's, it's it, it controls very well. The car feels good. The shooting feels good. Um, you have tons of special abilities in it, which is great. You have what is basically a, a force push. You have a double jump, which is great. But it's just, it's it, it, the, the, the design of the game and the and the layout of the open world and how the missions play out. It's, it's very, very boring. Um, right. And also, while the, g- the game is kind of, kind of colourful, the, the the energy that was kind of conveyed in the marketing is not there. Uh, you, you jump in the car, and I was thinking, okay, maybe there'll be like a, a kind of like fallout. There'll be like a wacky little post-apocalyptic radio station, and they'll play some fun tunes. Maybe Andrew WK's on the soundtrack. You know, there's nothing. You hop in, there's not even score. There's not even ambient music. You hop in the car, you drive, and you just drive, drive, drive through this dusty wasteland where there's not a lot happening. Uh, and and it's just little things like that. And all the all the um, all the characters are, are very generic. Some of them have interesting designs, but they're still kind of tropey archetypes. Here's the crazy scientist. Here's the military veteran. Mm. Uh, you're the uh, you're a ranger, which is a uh, uh, basically kind of like a post-apocalyptic sheriff. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, it's just it's just very very boring. It's just, and I've kind of tried using it as a podcast game where I'm like, all right, I'm sick of hearing these characters waffle on. But again, I, I do like the way it feels and controls. It's like I'll stick on a podcast and I'll just you know I'll shoot some stuff for a while. Even then, it's kind of boring. I was playing it there on on Friday. I was listening to the uh, the Giant Beastcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts, and I did a couple of missions, and I was I was bored. I was like, I. I think I'd rather be just lying down listening to this podcast than playing this game. Mm. It's just so dry. Um, so yeah, it's not terrible. I'm gonna I'm gonna persevere with it, but I, I'm kind of struggling to find the will to keep going because it's so boring. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that's the only game I've been playing uh, this week. Uh, I, I can see myself giving it up though very soon and getting back to Mortal Kombat, which I which I kind of left halfway through. So uh, yeah, that's my that's my one game this week. Right, well, I've been playing one game this week as well, and I've gone back to one of my favorite PS4 games, which is the 2016 Hitman. Hell yeah. Because uh, I I have Hitman, and I have all of the episodes, and I also have Hitman 2, which I got for Christmas, but I can't play Hitman 2 till I beat Hitman 2016. Um, so, 
again, I think we've discussed this multiple times on the podcast, but I've um I've had Hitman since pretty much since it came out and I've only beaten the original test level, like the tutorial level, uh the Paris level and the San Pienza level. Uh that's as far into the game as I got. Um and with that I played probably about somewhere in the range of fifty to sixty hours. Uh, which is which is it sounds like a lot, but those those maps are that's 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 the that's the game basically. <laughs> it's a very, very replayable um replayable game. Um so uh the way I play Hitman is I will play each level until I've hit um level 20 mastery so every every level has like a a level up system wherein you you gain experience by doing the the assassinations in different ways um and once you once you reach level 20 you're you're maxed out you've unlocked all the little extra perks for that level like starting in different locations having different weapon loads at loadouts and different tools you can use and so on uh, and not only that, but I also will do um, all of the trophies for each um, individual episode as well. So, although I've not 100%ed in the true sense, because there are like nearly 200 different things you can do in each level, I've at least 100%ed the first three levels to that amount, right? So yeah. this week, I dived back in and played the Marrakesh level which is the the third proper expansion. Um, I had played it before for about half an hour, one just one single run-through, and I had only got to the school, so I never experienced, for example, the Swedish embassy, or, uh, the, like that half of the level. Um, and yeah, so I've played it probably, as I said, six, seven hours uh, this week. I'm at 17 out of 20 mastery on it. And I have one or two trophies still to pick up, but um, ah, that game is so good. I know, I know I say it all the time, and I don't know why I kind of go on these quite long periods without playing it, but every time I go back to it, <laughs> in an episodic fashion, it's funny because that's how it was originally re- released. I tr- ah, it is so good. It, it's it's right up there, easy, my top two or three uh, PlayStation games. It's so, so good. It's so clever. And the way the way the levels are designed are so clever, um, and even the way the items can be used, and ugh, it's such such a satisfying game to just sit down and say, right, I look through the challenges. Okay, kill this kill this character by electrocuting them. Right, give me an hour. I'll figure out how to do it and get it done. And it might take you three or four run throughs, um, but every time you'll have a you'll have a little bit of a better understanding of how to make it work. And I would I would say it's it's even up there with like Breath of the Wild in terms of how you can really just let your imagination go wild and try different combinations of things um, to make stuff to make things you know work in your favor. It's so so satisfying. Um, I mean, that, that and Breath of the Wild. I mean, they are true next generation iterations on the on the sandbox concept they're true yeah. sandboxes it's literally Absolutely. here here's the tool set it's it's on you now to to to, to take it from there uh, and that's good well yeah, to give an example good. of this right there's the 
there's the um, banker who's holed up in the Swedish embassy, right? Yeah. So one of the one of the main story um, paths you can follow in this level is you you dress up as uh, the cameraman for a news crew who are going in to interview him in the embassy, and you go in and you you set up the interview. And first thing you see when you go into the room is oh, there's this big huge moose hanging over yes. where where this guy is going to be sitting. Um, so what I did was started the interview and then I kind of hid towards the back um, the back of the room. And I, I had my little silencer pistol out, of course. Pew! Shoot one of the ropes. Down comes the moose. And kills him. And I sneak out the back. And it was only when I was doing a completely different, like, path that I came across this, like, control room on the first floor that has a release moose lever. And I was like, oh! <laughs> I was like, look, there's, a, there's, a, there's the, the real way to do it. But I, I never came across that. And still... Through the tool set of the game, I could figure out a way to 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 do it. Like, very very satisfying. Yeah. I uh, I did the moose thing. If you go on my old YouTube channel, folks, you can you can see what Paul's talking about. I did the moose. I and I shot it. I, I this, you're, you mentioning this is the first. I played that game to death as well. And you mentioning the lever is the first I've ever heard of that. So there you go. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, um, yeah. God, that's a great game. Um, Such a good game. So I'm really gonna try and like once I beat Marrakesh, I'm gonna go straight on to whatever the next level is. And uh, try and get it done and try try and get on to Hitman 2. Marrakesh, uh, I think... It might be Bangkok, I think. Bangkok, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, well, they're all good. They're all good. I, I, think, mean, Marrakesh, I think Marrakesh is kind of generally considered uh, the weakest. I, I um, still liked it. Like I know that like Paris and Sapienza are kind of uh, considered the the better ones, but like I, I really yeah. liked Marrakesh. Um Maybe it's a little bit more segmented than the first two were, because it's like yeah, one think, side think, of the map. Yeah, um, but and it's a little, it's a little more um, like there's there's like lots of military presence, and there's a lot more. Okay, you can't go here because there's lots of traditional video game bad guys there, and you, you know it's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, Sapienza and Paris, I mean, even the developers themselves have gone back to that well a million times for the elusive targets and all the yeah. all the bonus stuff they do. But anyway. Yeah, Hitman's great. I actually, I have not finished Hitman 2 myself, much like you. I've kind of just drifted away from it for a few months. But uh, But it's great because it's a game that you can come back to. Like, what I did here is I came back to it and I just did one run-through of Sapienza. Just to get back in the the controls and the rhythm of the game. And once I had that, I'm back. You know? It's it's very easy to to pick up because it's not necessarily story-driven. You don't have to remember, like, who's this person? What's going on? Like, there was a cutscene but I think all the cutscenes in that first Hitman game are so so weird and so as like to use a reference you used earlier, like uh, Metal Gear Solidy. I just pre- yeah. pretty much don't pay attention to them. Just just let me go into the sandbox again and fucking kill people. I don't need to hear two characters going, "Well, the Providence is under attack," and especially especially because the 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 broader story of the of the plot doesn't really doesn't really play into the 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 characters you're actually killing i mean they yeah. are connected but in a way that's not doesn't matter today you know it doesn't really matter um super game, I, love, I, love, I love those games very cynical sense of humor as well i think they're very funny and uh, yeah. you know you're just killing like rich assholes which is fun um yeah no it's great i i i I love Hitman. You, you've, you've reminded me a little bit about Hitman's existence. I should really go back to that second one. Um, 
And then we play a little bit of uh, Trivial Pursuit in the week. Um, which uh, The board game version, of course, not some kind of video game version. Natty bought for me on Valentine's Day. This was our first chance to kind of sit down with, with my brother was playing with us and we we had we had had a good old game of it and it, it I tell you what it's a lot less boring than I thought it was going to be it's actually <laughs> actually quite a fun competitive little game um like by this year I did win of course <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> um so that was fun yeah Oh, yeah, that'll be the uh, the game golf then. Uh, do we want to? Do you have emails, or should we jump straight into the old wrestling? Uh, I don't have any emails. Nope. Oh, I don't have any. Right, right we're going to wrestling then. Alrighty, so we got a big show to talk about, folks. We're going to jump straight into it. Who saw money in the bank? I uh, got some thoughts on it. Uh, we got we're going to go segment by segment here. Yeah. Uh, Let's start with the pre-show. Okay, let's start with the pre-show. So, uh, Renee Young was sitting there with uh, Byron Saxton and, I believe, uh, Tyler Breeze. And they were chatting, and Tyler goes, Now, Renee, you know, you know I'm a supporter of Rowan. You know that. And Renee Young, of course, of course, of course. But I have to say, no. Okay, we're going to stop that now. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about uh, the AEW pay-per-view from the weekend. Uh, we all tuned in, we all watched it, we uh, watched it at various times, and all this other stuff, but we got it watched, um, and uh, just broad thoughts uh, uh, before we, we deep dive on the segment by segment, um, I thought it was a fantastic show, I thought it was very entertaining, I thought the matches were mostly great, and I thought they had some good hooks for the actual uh, uh, televised promotion going forward, because obviously... This is kind of a separate beast from uh, from All In. Not good enough to just go out there and have a fun show. Um, I thought they had some interesting dynamics set up going forward. Uh, what did you lads think? Big big thumbs up for the main show. Mm-hmm. Uh, pre-show was a bit shite, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, but the main show itself, not perfect. There were... Uh, production sort of issues, mistimings of things, announced team weren't great. Um, but overall, the wrestling was really, really good, and you could feel that everyone was really uh, kind of invested in making this a great show. You know, they wanted to go out there and prove a point, and I think they did. I think everyone pretty much had a good night. Um, so overall, I think a really, really successful start for for AEW. Hmm. I think um, I think all the complaints about production and so on are are very valid, and I'm sure we'll discuss one or two of those in in more detail. But ultimately, I think I think as a show, it had certain um, certain objectives that it had to meet. Uh, to be a success, and I do think that it it met those. Like it, there was, it had to be um, good to a certain standard, and I think it was. I think it had to be newsworthy to a certain standard, and I think it was. And it had to be different enough to a certain standard, and I think it was. So for me, um, not only was it a good show, but it kind of, again, to to the meta level. Um, outside of just purely being an entertaining show, I think it hit hit its targets there as well. Mm, agree. 
Uh, something Joe mentioned there about the uh, the pre-show that was kind of the one negative for um, for me was that they had this uh, this hour on ITV and and YouTube. I actually um, watched it on ITV four as well. I, I I watched it on YouTube, which by the way that was the first big um, red flag. Uh, midnight rolls around. I fire up the old YouTube app, got it Chromecast into the telly. I'm like, here we go. I'm on the AEW YouTube page. I'm refreshing it. I'm refreshing it. I'm refreshing it. I'm like, where's the where's the gimmick? I open up the Twitter app. Some people are, are, are watching the show. The Brits I know who are watching on ITV4. I'm like, okay, well, the show's happening. Uh, where, where am I seeing it? And I, I go on the AEW Twitter page. Nothing. They're not there. They're saying, oh, here we go, folks. Pre-show now, but no link. I'm like, where am I watching this? What am I doing? And I searched. I just searched the buy-in in the YouTube search bar, and the link came up. It was on the TNT YouTube channel, which fair enough, that's their TV station, but they did not say that's where the stream was going to be. Um, and also, the, the the stream was not airing on the TNT channel on television, mm. but it was on their YouTube channel. So that was that was weird. And then the actual show itself, I thought, was a uh, a, a pretty miserable attempt to get people uh, um, interested in, in in their show. And it's kind of funny in hindsight now that we've actually seen the show and it was so great. To look back on this and go, what? What was this? This is so weird. the 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 first um, the first issue was the Battle Royal, um, which which had very goofy rules. Um, uh, what was it? It was they they, they uh, everyone in the match picked a, a card, and your suit determined your entry. Mm. So dudes came out four five at a time based on what suit they were. They they drew, it was stupid and, and and it meant that like when they were when they were revealing surprises like Sean Spears, it was like okay his group came out and then he sort of sauntered out slightly slightly later behind them but still part mm-hmm. of the group. Uh, and, and while it was cool to see some indie names in there mixed in with the with the side talent, I think there was also a lot of crappy looking guys in there doing crappy looking spots. Uh, and it, it kind of felt like we were watching a, a, a shitty match uh, on television. Yeah, definitely. A lot of comedy and a lot of hardcore stuff, which just feels very kind of low rent. It was almost sort of watching this thinking, you can imagine if someone who's not a massive wrestling fan but saw this was going to be on ITV, was tuning in, that it almost makes you cringe a little bit that this, they tune in and see this sort of stuff. And you kind of think, is this going to persuade them that this is the the big exciting new, you know, wrestling promotion that's that's up there with WWE? Uh, and it it wouldn't really. Um, and it, and it's funny because a lot of the guys were like the sort of people that would turn up at a game changer wrestling, you know, WrestleMania weekend show, and we'd be absolutely loving it and raving about it. But in this context, it it just I, I didn't like it. I didn't think this was. I don't think they were leading with their best best stuff to entice people in. Um, yeah, and, and I think as well as like you know, the you dreamer there. I'm, I never need to see dreamer again, ever in any context. I don't care if you're bringing him in for a gag to lose in thirty seconds, but which by the way he didn't do. He fucking eliminated people left, right, and center in in this match. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was rubbish. Uh, there was lots of little. I don't have, you know a, a list of of issues, but there was lots of little production gaffes here and there. Um, you know they had they had Dustin Thomas, the guy with no legs, uh, doing a six one nine. They had a replay, but the initial live airing they missed it. Um, 
you know, lots of lots of little problems here and there. Uh, but uh, yeah. Hangman Cage won, as is often the case in, in battle royals. The last five or so minutes were all right. Um, it was, and I almost feel it would have made more sense if they'd announced he was going to be in the match, and then had it be a kind of uh, like Royal Rumble '98, where you know Austin's got a target on his back. And he has to come in and everyone wants to throw him out sort of thing. Yeah. I think that would have been kind of more effective than just him being a surprise and it. Yeah. And again, the rules was a bit silly. Having five guys come out at once doesn't give anyone the chance to get their shit in. <laughs> As in, like in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, again, another, this is a specific production weird thing. We had a... a Kylie Ray being interviewed by uh, Alicia Atout backstage, and uh, Peter Avalon, and who the fuck was the other one? Leva Bates came up and did their librarian shtick. So there was two problems here. First of all, um, I don't watch Being the Elite, so so all the librarian stuff means nothing to me. Um, second of all, this was like the weirdest shooting of a backstage interview ever, because it was like the camera was like a mile back, so you could kind of see that they were standing in like a shitty backstage area with bad lighting just with a, an AEW drop behind them. Yeah, um, so they just forgot to frame the shot. Yeah. <laughs> set everything yeah. up and just pressed record. I was like, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, uh, this some, things, some things you should steal from WWE, and one of them is just, just move that camera forward, get that camera nice up and close there, and Alicia Tout, and, and, and then you pan to the right, and there's Kylie Ray, and that's how you shoot this thing. Yeah, it was, it was very weird. It looked very weird. The comedy was bad. Um, and, then, and then, like... Uh, Later on, as the pre-show was ending, the the elite guys, they did a very being the elite skit before their entrance, um, and I was like, I I don't want I don't want this to be the show. I really don't, um, because I actually in the lead up to this show, I was trying to watch being the elite on YouTube because it's free and all that. So it's on YouTube and stuff, and I was like, I just don't like it. It's just not funny. I just don't think that's my kind of show. So I was like, please don't let this be what the actual wrestling promotion is. Now, it wasn't. Thankfully, the main show wasn't like that. But again, a very weird thing to put on the pre-show, um, uh, this stuff that made it feel like you had to be you had to be inside with the gags to get it. But um, there was one one match I enjoyed, which was the uh, Kip Sabian-Sammy Guevara match. I thought that was, that was pretty fun. Yeah, that was a good little match. More, more the kind of thing I think they should have been showcasing. You know, two young guys having a good, good wrestling match. Yeah, two youngsters, two kind of cruiser-weighty kind of style. Didn't go too, didn't go too crazy, but did lots of cool stuff and 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 uh, started off with no reaction, got the crowd into it, which was good. Um, and uh, Kip Sabian with the big win, the Brit boy representing an ITV four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Uh, I, I I thought it was great. Um, yeah, so uh, so fair play t- to them. Uh, and I suppose, yeah, after the, the being the elite entrance thing, uh, which I have to say, I did laugh at Kenny Omega doing the thumbs up thing. Uh, the, the looking oh. at the monitor and then looking at, oh, come on, it was all right, it was all right. The meme. <laughs> few, few years past its best. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that, I'll say that much. Yeah, that is that is true. It's like, uh, why don't you, uh, what he should have something a bit more timely would be to go up to Chris Jericho after he won the main event and say, Oh, what a sad little life, Chris. You've ruined my night. Enjoy the money. I hope you use it to, to get some Chris, Chris, you've got all the agility of a reversing dump truck. 
Oh, there's some hot memes for for you, <laughs> Kenneth, if you want to implement them going forward. But that that brings us to the uh, the main show. Uh, and we should point out the commentary up to this point was Excalibur of PWG fame and Alex Marvez, who's been like a wrestling radio personality for years and years. Um, I thought it was evident pretty early on in the pre-show that Excalibur was uh, was going to do well. And Marvez, it seemed on the pre-show that Marvez was struggling. And then it seemed on the main show when JR joined them that he got completely um, swallowed up by the other two. Uh, I... I, I'm curious to see how, how long they stick out the, the three-man booth. Well, especially with him. I don't expect we'll see well, yes. Marvez again. Yes. Well, I don't know if they're going to... Because they made, they made a whole video announcing their announced team, and they, they, you know, they built him up, and it was like... Even when he spoke, he sounded so monotone and, God, bored. Yeah. Because that's, that's one thing I really like about Excalibur. Not only is he, is he knowledgeable... But he's excited. He's excited to be calling these matches and, and telling you these stories and, and, and being a part of this show. And, and I was very pessimistic about Jim Ross, but I have to say, now, he, was, he had his problems. He was not perfect. Well, there was the one bit where he, very, very sad, he looks up and goes, uh, I, I don't know where we are here. Uh, and, yes. Uh, he was just lost for that. And I don't, I don't know if you blame him for that. He might not have been. No, he may not have been, but. Yeah, you know, ultimately, he could, have, he could have covered for it better. He could have yeah. said, "Well, we're having a great night here, folks," da, 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 and then we're yeah. going to blah blah blah. But yeah, that was that was one of the little uh, production uh, gaffes that you would hope would get better at time. I mean, there were segments where um, uh, there was microphones giving feedback, and there was that thing mm-hmm. where you could tell he was having an auto cue, you know, malfunction or something. You know what I mean? It was uh, the, little things like that. But I well, it seemed to me like yeah. early on, early on, they seemed to be reading off a teleprompter. Um, yeah, Marvez and Excalibur when they're like introducing the matches and so on um, I don't know as well, maybe this is just me um, not being so familiar with Excalibur from the PWG, the PWG days and so on but I think the the commentator in the in the Lucha mask uh, shtick doesn't really work for me on this scale um and I don't know that he picked the best mask. His his mask seemed to be a little bit ill fitting as well. Mm. His eyes were super high up on the mask. It, it just looked kind of low rent and kind of weird. Um, it did. I it doesn't bother me, but it did look weird with the suit. Yeah. I don't know. I I I nearly think that it's like one of those cases that when you move up to the scale like this, you can leave the El Generico gimmick behind. You know. But he was he yeah. he was great. That being said. Yeah, he was. He was. I, I, I like the mask. I think it's something a bit different. But I can, you're not the first person to say that, certainly. I, I can see people having reservations. And I love Jim Ross thinking that his name is Excalibur. I, I, th- no, I thought that was lovely because it was like they got to be pals by the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it That's was, right, um, X. Uh, <laughs> he's got an X. Because the, there was some rough stuff early on. Uh, not the tag team. There was some rough stuff early <laughs> on when um, they, they were having... It was very weird. So they had SCU versus Shima, T-Hawk, and Lindemann in the opener. And obviously Shima has, has founded, or yeah, did he, yeah, he founded the, this company, OWE, uh, in China. And uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the clips. He's got all these crazy Chinese acrobats doing this absolutely mental stuff. And it's all great. 
But he also, when he defected from Dragon Gate, he brought some Japanese guys with him. And so there's all this buzz about about Shima and his you know his Chinese megastars, and they are they are going to be in OWE in uh, AEW. But these three guys were Japanese. Yeah. Jim Ross kept calling them the Chinese contingent and the Chinese team and the Chinese this and the Chinese that. I was like, I was like, can someone pass him a note or something? Because this because this is the exact thing people fear with modern Jim Ross. Yeah. He's, he's just going off about how they're Chinese, and it's it's it was legitimate just ignorance. You know, it was an easy mistake to make because you know they are representing a Chinese group, but uh, but that was awkward. But uh, I thought I thought him and Excalibur actually gelled pretty dang well as a team, and for all his for all his uh, uh, misgivings, I think Jr. I, I I was fairly all right with him on this show. Yeah, uh, it was all said and done. Yeah, he was he wasn't a pro- he wasn't a problem with the show. He was, he was fine. No, Marvez for me was definitely the weak link. What I was saying, Marvez was definitely the weak link of the three. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Is um, his little goatee as well? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the tie. And I, I noticed his tie. What's wrong with the tie? Oh, it was weird. Little tie, weird tie he had on. What was me? I don't right. know. We're nitpicking now. No, it was really awful. I, I, don't know. I, just, I need to find a picture of this tie now. Hang on. It was. Oh, I don't know. Just look really dated. It looked like something from the 80s. Yeah, it looks a bit like. Have you seen the new Man United goalkeeper kit, Joe? <laughs> yeah. It looks a little bit like that. Oh, okay, yeah. Jim That's Ross. Awesome. Very sharp tie on. Yeah. Anyway. But uh, that brings us to the opener, I guess. And I, I thought this is a, a pretty perfect pick uh, for for an opener. Uh, you know, the in the um, four very seasoned guys, SCU and Shima. Uh, the yep. other two, uh, Stronghearts lads, really good uh, for their experience. Lindemann was my first time seeing him. I enjoyed him quite a lot. Solid hands, and they had lots of action. And, no, and I don't think anyone fucked anything up, and the crowd was into it. I can't believe how over SCU is. I don't watch a lot of the places they wrestle, and it feels like Christopher Daniels hasn't been this over in years. Um, but yeah, uh, fun stuff for the opener. Yeah, I thought Scorpio Sky, as well as the Chinese-Japanese boys, I thought they were kind of the four MVPs in a match for me. Like, Daniels and Kazarian are good in their own right, but I think they're starting to show their age a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. Um, especially, Li- I've never seen Lindemann before. Mm. And he's, 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 he's got a great like physical charisma to him. He's got a great little... Kind of short, but jacked, big thighs. Yeah, and he's just kind of like a little ball of energy. Ready to explode, like... Very, very, very good. Yeah, uh, so this was uh, uh, great fun. Uh, let me see, I'm actually just going to, I don't even have the card pulled up here. So, uh, yeah, so that was a, uh, that was a, a fun opener. Uh, second match. To say before, before, I had a bit of a problem at the beginning of the show. So I did, I ordered it through ITV box office. Mm. Um, so I've got Virgin Media. It was it was very easy to buy. It was like literally sort of one button press, and it was it was bought. Had a bit of a hard time then finding the show. It didn't sort of pop up 
uh, on my box or anything when it was going live and then it, you have to kind of go through like a home screen and then a live events screen then a press the red button and all this kind of stuff um only annoying thing is so i watched a bit of it live but then it's like traditional pay-per-view where they just show replays so you can't record it and you can't watch it on demand you just oh. have to watch it every like four hours when it's replayed right which, which meant and the first replay was at 12 o'clock today I'd watched the first hour, so I wouldn't have been able to start watching it until one o'clock Sunday afternoon, which was just so bizarre in this kind of day and age of, of on-demand streaming. Yeah. Um, so to be honest, I just downloaded it because <laughs> I didn't want to wait till one o'clock. Oh and I thought, you know, I've paid my 15 quid. I want yeah, to watch it Sunday enough. morning, so I'm just going to download it. Um, so, you know, they got my money anyway. Fair enough. I love, yeah, Virgin exactly. Media tweeted the Chairshot Podcast Twitter account as well. Yeah, I didn't read what they replied, but I did. At 11 this morning. Sorry, a bit late for that, lads. A bit late, lad. My box blew up last night. Um, but yeah, I think in future I will just get it through like Fight TV or get it on wherever it's online. Yeah. If I'm going to buy it, just because, yeah, I'm not faffing around with replays like it's 1999. Although the, the so yeah the the, the pay per view stuff's kind of in this weird albatross because it's it's fifty quid in the states um, on traditional pay per view and also on Bleacher Report Live, which I don't know anything about, but I've heard it's not a well regarded service. Um, and I bought it, I bought it on Fight um, Fight TV. 80, and I, eighteen my euro. Say which? It was eighteen euro on Fight TV, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which which I was, I was alright with that. I was like, this is a this is a a premium thing that people are excited for. I might pay a few extra bob for it, but I will say I, I haven't double checked this. I'm fairly. I think there's a you can watch it on demand for a week on Fight, whereas everything else is like you buy it, you get it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it's obvious. I think uh, you know there's also there's a lot of give and take in the old television negotiations. I think it's probably just a case that they, in order to get the sweet deal that they do have. They had to make concessions of okay, well, you know, you're using our service for your pay per view, and you're charging the price we're telling you to charge, and mm. you can keep your you can put your stuff on these other sites if you want, but they're not getting VOD. You know, it, it's yeah, it's 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 interesting, and, and I, I wonder what the um, and we didn't get an answer on this tonight or last night, but um, they surely aren't going to be doing these monthly. Um, you know what I mean, fifty quid right, a month yeah. or in our case twenty quid a month. I mean that's not going to fly, I don't think, especially without VOD. Um, like, uh, so they made one match for the Fighter Fest, or no, the, what's the other one? The, the charity show they're doing. Oh, Fight for the Fallen. Fight yeah. for the Fallen. So they made a match for that. And I was surprised by that, because I kind of got the vibe just from how they're promoting it. I was like, is that like a house show? Are you taping that? Is that a television taping? Are you, because they haven't specified if the TV is going to be live or what. So I was like, so is that, that's in like, you know, July. That's surely not going to be another 50 quid show. I, I, I hope not. I think All Out in Chicago in August is the next pay per view. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's going to be four a year. Which is good. fine. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But um, but anyway, yeah. So that that was uh, uh, that was an interesting. That's an interesting facet of this uh, as the AEW kind of trade was on. Second match on the show was the uh, three way between Nyla Rose, Doctor Britt Baker, and Smiley Kylie Ray. Uh, who who I'm a big fan of. Um, Brandy Rhodes came out. I thought this was cute. They did a. They basically teased that she was going to insert herself into the match, mm. uh, uh, but she did not. Uh, and we got our first proper surprise of the evening. She added Awesome Cog to the match to make it a four way. 
I thought that was a great little get. I did not expect that at all. Yeah. It was a good surprise, yeah. Uh, also, they had Ali, formerly of Impact, on, uh, on commentary here. Uh, she forgot to speak for most of it. I was going to say, I, I, me- I, I remember the segment where they introduced her. And then I think I heard her one line, I think. <laughs> I didn't hear every, otherwise. Every now and then she chimed in with a Renee Young, Oh! Um, <laughs> but that was about it. Yeah. But, but uh, I th- thought this was I thought this was a lot of fun. Um, and one thing I thought was important was they got plenty of time. You know what I mean? It was like, it would have been well and good to have this and have the Joshi match out there. They both get five minutes apiece. They go, look, we had two matches. Um, but they had to, they really gave them a chance to have a good match, which they did. Uh, and also to actually let them go out there and work and, 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 and put on a good show. Um, and in particular, I thought the closing stretch where it came down to Kylie Ray and Britt Baker was really good. Um, uh, uh, Rose, uh, awesome Kong is obviously kind of, you know, older. She's had her injuries. She's, you can kind of tell she has her limitations. Uh, Nyla Rose, I had never seen her before. Uh, I think she'll be good as kind of the bigger kind of hoss to bully the other girls. I wasn't massively impressed with her, but, uh, I think she played her role fine. But, uh, I think Kylie and Britt is a, uh, super strong, um, uh, feud for them to have going forward, possibly for the first women's belt. But I uh, really enjoyed this, and Britt Baker uh, won when it was all said and done. Yeah, I thought it was a good match. I think Britt Baker's got lots of star quality. Uh, not sure about the whole dentist gimmick. <laughs> they seem to push quite hard. It's a bit odd. I know she is a real dentist, but like <clears throat> having the teeth on her gear and stuff is <laughs> not sure where that's going. Um, yeah, Kylie Ray. I thought she might just be a bit of a knockoff Indy Bailey, but actually she's pretty good in the ring, and I think she will she will grow on on me in the audience hopefully. Uh, yeah, and then the, the other the big the big ladies were good too. Good match. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was fun, and and, and uh, when Brit won, um, what's her name? Brandy was there, kind of looking. Okay, impressive, but she she didn't look impressed. I her character's kind of weird. I don't know if she's a heel or what. Um, I I, I didn't quite get a a vibe off her. Yeah. Uh, next match, uh, we had our first tag team match of oh no, our first straight tag team match. Not not six man. Uh, it was uh, Angelico and Jack Evans versus Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. Um, I enjoyed this quite a lot. I thought it was just good all action tag match. Um. Uh, you know, four four really good signings here uh, for AEW. Uh, I, I like there was a little bit of heat early on for um, uh, the Angelico and Evan stopping the hug. The best friends went for the hug, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the two other two lads broke up. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, they just had a, a really solid all action match. Jack Evans is still great. Still I, really I was going to say I'll never tire of watching Jack Evans do yeah. do his handstand walk to the ring and just. He, and he did, he did a spot sorry. I haven't seen him do in years, which is that Angelico had one of the best friends on his shoulders in like a Canadian backbreaker. And Jack Evans like left off the top rope onto the guy on Angelico's shoulder and backflipped off him. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, oh, God, just just he's he's still he's still in a bit of it. He's been doing this for quite a while now. Um, but yeah, this is this was uh, another really good match. Big chance, AEW chance and all this other stuff. Uh, best friends won. Uh, and then uh, both teams were laid out by the Super Smash Bros, who they did not call that. 
I assume they're going to have to have a different name if they're going to be on a television wrestling show. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I wasn't big on the Smash Bros with the minions. I, I wasn't big on that. I thought it looked, again, they looked kind of like indie geeks with, with the, like the, the, their minions look like indie geeks. Well, it's funny. The, the F4W online um, review of this show, originally, it's been changed now, but originally the the summary was the lights went out. When they came back on, there were two men in the ring. <laughs> there was, they had no idea who they were. Uh, it's since been changed to say Super Smash Bros, but I, 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 I will confirm I definitely saw yesterday that it just two uh, two wrestlers were in the ring. Um, yeah, to be fair, that's an accurate description. They are just two two blokes. <laughs> well, I, I remember like the idea yeah. of, of the way they were introduced, but they did look a bit sort of second rate. Yeah, yeah in terms of like their size, I mean Uno is kind of big, but the other way, say. It's, to be the big heel team doing the beatdown on four lads, I was like, ah, I don't know. That, that, that was a weird fit for me. Um, but, uh, you know, the, I think the Young Bucks, it's pretty obvious they're, they're bullish on their tag teams. And you look on this show, that was that was evident. They they really, really, they had like these two teams and then Super Smash Bros and the Bucks themselves and Penta and Phoenix and down the line, Dustin and Cody. Um, oh, excuse me, as I burp into the mic. And then the uh, Strong Hearts and SCU. That's a that's a that's a fucking strong division. Um, mm. yep. uh, of, of of athletic guys. Um, so yeah, that was uh, the match was really fun. Uh, I'm really glad to see uh, Chuck Taylor on like a, a major league wrestling, you know, te- a, te- a televised wrestling show. He's been so great for so long. Um, and, and Beretta as well. Like obviously they're they're both great. Uh, up next we had a, a six woman tag featuring some uh, Joshi stars. We had uh, Hikaru Shida, Rio. Ryo Mizunami defeating Aja Kong, Yuka Sasaki, and Emi Sakura. I think I've managed to not butcher all of those. <laughs> uh, uh, this was a this was a, a match. I think was a good little standout thing uh, for for AEW to say. Look, we have something different here. This is our. Um, uh, you're not getting this on on you know Raw. Yeah, you'll get women's matches, but we have you know American women having matches too. Here's this. Here's our equivalent of like ECW bringing in the luchadors or or WCW bringing in the cruiserweights, uh, which is which is rumored to be the motivation behind this, is to have the these these girls be their standout cruiserweight esque hmm. um, uh, you, you know, eye catchers and kind of um, trendsetters, like this trendy new thing that you're not going to get elsewhere. Um, and I thought with, with that in mind, I thought this match was great. Tons of innovative stuff. Um, six six people. Obviously, we saw uh, Emi Sakura at OTT. Uh, Paul, correct, um, and I think you know all three of us are familiar in in some capacity with Aja Kong. The other four, I did not uh, know anything about them, but like in terms of just like unique looks and all kind of having their own kind of weird charisma, I thought I thought it was great. I thought everyone came off like a like a star, and I, I really want to see more of Sheeta in particular. She came off like she came off like a real kind of main eventer. Like I don't, I have no idea where where these people wrestle in Japan. I'm not going to even pretend I do. But uh, but she that kind of had this aura about her of like I'm a main event player somewhere. Um, uh, really really enjoyed this match. Yeah I, yeah, I thought it was really good. It was a bit of a, a Kyrie Sane uh, all over again for me. Where at first I was like, what is this? Who are they? Then by the end of it, they're now my favorite wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they all have like the Freddie Mercury woman. Oh, uh, at first I was cringing, but by the end I was like up singing. You know, Radio Gaga. It was brilliant. <laughs> I was loving it. 
That was it. That was uh, that was uh, Emi Sakura who we saw. And I remember I again when she was announced for OT, I had no clue who she was. Uh, you know, Joshi is a massive, massive blind spot for me. Oh, she was one of the most entertaining people we've had over in God knows how long. She was like, she was fantastic. Um, it's you talk about like a really a proper like untapped vein of 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 talent and of of concepts. It's 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 that it's you know Japanese women's wrestling, especially because WWE they're hoovering everything up. But but when it comes to Japanese women, they've they kind of just skimmed across the top. They got the Kairi, they got the EO, and that's kind of it. And they left everything else. Um, and I think that's that's a great place for um for uh, AEW to swoop in. Uh, getting into the business half of the card here, the, the, the heavily promoted matches. Uh, we got Cody versus Dustin Rhodes. Um, <laughs> Justin Roberts again. This is something he's been doing. This is something Cody's been doing for for quite a while to get around the, the old legal loophole. Um, <laughs> Justin Roberts announced him as Cody with Brandy Rhodes. It's great because Brandy Rhodes is al- is allowed to call herself Brandy Rhodes because she was not Brandy Rhodes in WWE. But Cody Cody Rhodes is something that they have fought him on uh, uh, legally. Um, so that's that's very wacky. I Before can't believe about- he's still going just as Cody. It's yeah, I think we've we've had this conversation on the show before. Just just go by Runnels. Everyone knows just that, go by Runnels or just make up a fucking fake name. It it doesn't matter. Cody uh, <laughs> Reigns. I don't know, like something. Cody on its own is the name of a li- of <laughs> Cody a li- <laughs> <laughs> um, Cody is a little kid's name and it's Cody from down the road I, I like it the very least that he's dropped there was a while there where he was going as Cody R yeah, I thought that was stupid, stupid. Oh. Like, okay, I'd, rather be, I'd rather you be Cody than Cody R I guess but um, uh, I guess before we talk about the match we have to talk about the um, uh, the entrance um, Cody walked past what, what basically looked like a pound shop version of a, of a throne Triple H would sit on for a WrestleMania entrance. Um, he then went down to the ring, pulled out a sledgehammer, which also looked kind of cheap and plasticky. Uh, and he swung it at the throne and he hit it and then fireworks went off and, and a predetermined piece of the chair <laughs> fell off. It was very goofy looking. <laughs> But there I, weren't fireworks. It was like steam or something. Yeah, uh, dry ice. I admire the concept, but God, the execution was so silly. It was so. Uh, it was. It was kind of impact. It was kind of low rent WWE because they went to the bother of getting smoke effects and a fake throne, but it looked kind of poxy. <laughs> like it was just yeah. not. Is yeah, I, I couldn't decide whether it was incredibly lame or, or incredibly cool. It doesn't. You can't really be one anywhere in the middle. Like uh, I kind of like the idea, but yeah, you're right. If it had been like a really impressive looking chair and it had just fallen apart when he hit it, um, it would have been better. Maybe he should have got a dragon in to burn it. To the, to <laughs> I don't know. I think mm-hmm. I'd come down the lamer side, especially because in the post-show interviews when people were asking about it, he was like. Well, you know, we're we're here to play ball. It was like, well, you're playing ball by doing your your really good show, not by a, your stupid sledgehammer shot to a, you know, kids' party chair that a little yeah. bit falls off the side. Like, it, it it almost was like taking the low road rather than taking the high road and just doing a great show. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I think I think that's going to be their mo. Though I don't know if they're going to do something like this every week, but I think they're very much going to be in WWE's face. Um, uh, to some extent, I, like I said, I, I would hope not weekly when when they're on. TV, well, that's anyway. the problem, though. That that kind of TNA fell into is that when when you have these two companies in competition and one is constantly referring to the other one but getting nothing back, they look like the petty, you know, yeah. lower league um, company. Mm. When WWE pay, doesn't make any reference to them and pays them no heed, it makes them look, you know, low rent. That, that was that was the TNA issue as well. As they, could, they couldn't get a reply for love nor money. Um, uh, so, so I think AEW should, should learn from that. But, but to get to the match, uh, Cody versus Dustin, um, uh, they obviously they had that great video a few weeks ago when they announced this match and the significance of it to both lads. And um, it was a fairly simple story if you know if you know both these guys. Which um, I mean, every I think everyone who who was watching this show uh, would, would would have understood it. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Dustin as the, uh, as the old dog who wouldn't stay down, uh, was, was really, really tremendous to see. And, uh, this is the first time I really felt like Cody felt like a top guy. Yeah. Um, uh, he really felt like a real pro wrestler and a main event level pro wrestler. And I didn't even feel that I, I enjoyed the Magnus match for what it was. Um, and it felt like a very sincere moment, but I, I still looked at it as a match where I was like, still Cody, still don't buy him, you know, but this, this was really, really fantastic. And, um, we had the old, the old Dusty would be proud blade job. Uh, oh, like Starcade 84, man. Jesus, this was great. This was some nasty business. I was excited to see blood back in a, in a, in a in a grudge match, but whoa! After a while, I was like, "Oh boy!" That's a <laughs> it lot. was like he was bleeding all of the blood that we hadn't seen for twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> better make up for it, lads, quick! Oh god, it was brutal. Yeah, and it's just lots of great moments. Like he had a very Austin at Mania thirteen moment when he was in the figure four. Yeah. Uh, god, Dustin was great in this match. You know, his his facials, his his his. His movements, he was really, he was selling the, the, the pain and the desperation of it all. Um, and the crowd was going ape. I mean, we haven't really talked about the crowd. The crowd was great all night for everything. And they gave everything a chance, even though, you know, they obviously didn't know the Joshi girls, just as an example. They didn't know them um, uh, up, uh, up front, but they gave them a chance. They got into that match. Same here. They, they just, they were so into the story of this match. It was so fantastic. I actually, I actually kind of, this is the one match I want to rewatch. I want to go back and, and, and rewatch this. I might squeeze it in actually after the show, but, um, really, really, really just proper dramatic stuff on a show with lots of crazy moves and lots of really fun action. Just really, really, uh, uh gripping story in this one. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought they played it very well. And it's kind of what I expected. That it's, it's not like a great wrestling match, but it, it was all about the emotion. And they used the blood and they used, you know, what they needed to to make it good. And I think that's that's fine. Like, you know, you're not, every single match doesn't have to be some kind of PWG-esque. Uh, you know, four and a half star, um, loads of moves, loads of spots sort of thing. You can't, There is room for having a match that's all about just someone beating the shit out of someone and bleeding half to death mm. that's that's what you want yeah nothing else in your end Paul 
No, I mean it was it was it was a great um, story driven match. They didn't rely too heavily on fucking gold dust spots. There was like one or two little you know dribbled in, but it wasn't kind of lumbered mm. with that. I think kind of Dustin pushed the clock back maybe twenty years and had his one of his best matches ever probably. Oh yeah, I'd um, say so. Yeah. And yeah, as you said, I think Cody looked really good. Um, no, I mean, they, it, it got a little finisher kick out towards the end, but um, yeah. nevertheless, great stuff. The one thing I will say, right, is after the match, they had obviously the very emotional moment where Cody says he's been, he's been booked in for, for a tag team match and he, he don't need a partner. He don't need a friend. I knew my big brother. Um, really great moment. I only wish that they had done that leading to a big match instead of a completely throwaway tag team match. That means nothing. Yeah, especially because it's Cody versus the Bucks and you know that's not an actual... It doesn't matter, yeah. It's like, it's pals having a, a, a roll around. Like, imagine, you know? imagine this leading up to, I don't know, like, the first anniversary show and there's some big storyline... Uh, we could Moxie, for if, example. If, if him versus, you know, do them versus Super Smash Bros. If you're Some, giving the yeah. Smash Brothers a year of being the top heels, you know. I need my brother. And then you have a moment. But the fact that it was, it was on the first show and it's building to a match that doesn't matter kind of um, lessened it a lot for me. Delivery mm-hmm. was good, mind. And people were yeah, yeah. apparently crying over it. Um, I, did, I didn't cry at my end. I'm not afraid to shade it. No, I, I didn't. But yeah, people seemed very touched by it. Um, I, I, I think it was important to have a, a memorable moment on the show. You, you know, other than just like surprise debuts, like a really mm. good moment where you saw where you felt something for the characters and the people. Yeah. Um, but again, then it's like Cody is a, a babyface or a heel. I guess he's a babyface. Was it a babyface turn on the first show? I guess this was a turn, yeah, because he, he felt like he was working like a heel. Mm. Um, and then we had what I think is probably my match of the year so far. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. We had whoa. a little we had a little seggy weggy before oh, that. Sorry, the seggy. Oh, uh, the worst segment a, of the year. Sorry. We had Bret Hart come out. Uh, I'm just going to uh, preemptively say. Sorry. I'm going to pretend you say, even aside from the production, this sucked. Go on. Hang on. Bret Hart, introduced by Mr. Jack Whitehall. What um, was he doing there? Uh, he was there to pander to the Brits, I guess. He's mates with Tony Khan. He's mates with Tony Khan, and I believe he was also, he's in the States filming something currently. Yeah, he's doing a film with The Rock, isn't he? Ooh, Ooh, Jungle Cruise. Yeah, you're right. He's in there. But, um, so he introduced Bret Hart. Bret Hart was a surprise. He came out to, to reveal the championship for, for AEW. He was interrupted by MJF. Now, MJF I love. I thought this was good. No. This bit. Why was this not good? <laughs> because we already had MJF on the show, and we already had... Uh, I was the pre-show. Yeah, on the pre-show. Um, I think MJF is good at its small doses. I think once you start getting too much of him, he, he gets grating uh, very quickly. I'll tell you, well, I, I, well, I, well, I like I like the MJF promo, but I'll see. But I think it went downhill from there because then uh, Jungle Boy came out, 
Uh, and then Jimmy Havoc came out. Oh, Talk about people they don't have time for. Um, uh, and so they had a big brawl. Hangman Page came out. And so these, like, these jabrones are having this fight on the apron. On, not on the apron, on the ramp. And, uh, you know, jabrones and Adam Page, who's, you know, a star at the very least. Um, so, so they're having this brawl. And then <laughs> they go into the crowd. And back in the ring, Bret Hart just sort of pulls the belt <laughs> out of the bag and holds it up above his head. Like, oh, by the way, lads, here you go. Uh, well, the funniest thing and, was because, uh, because of the production, it went from... They're fighting in the crowd, hard cut, Red Heart holding the belt up. Yeah. Which looks very silly. Uh, and, and like, you couldn't, like, they got a shot of it, I guess, but they didn't really let you look at that belt and really soak it in. Um, and another, another, a minor, minor issue I had on, on this show was that um, this is the difference between a super experienced company like WWE and them. I was like, oh, well, I'm sure if I pop on their Instagram or their Twitter, they'll have like an actual photo of the belt that they maybe took earlier in the day. No, they, they didn't. Their, they, their Twitter was very quiet um, during the actual show. So that's something I think they would need to work on. Like you, you would imagine the second WWE pulls that thing out, they're, they they have a gallery on their website that will tell you, you know, that will yeah. show you the belt. So I was like, okay, uh, we I kind of had to rely on like screen grabs and fan photos of the belt um, uh, to get a good look at it. I like it though. I like the um, the title. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. My first reaction was that it was kind of ugly, but I'm sure it's something that'll just grow on me over time. I think it's fine. I wasn't. I didn't love it, but it's, it looks pretty good. I think um, it is a bit gaudy. I'll say that much. Like I like it, but it is a bit gaudy. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, again, you, you mentioned the social media, but I think even like in WWE, this is something that would have been very clearly planned out in advance. Is is Brett's going to face the hard cam? He's going to hold up the title. We're going to get. We're going to be ready for the shot. But it seems it seems like instead of being, you know, proactively ready for everything, they were constantly reacting to stuff in terms of yes. production. Like, did, did they not know what was, <laughs> what like, the big spots were coming up? Because they were constantly missing them. And this is, I mean, you could say the biggest spot of the night, with maybe the exception of Moxie. Moxley, which to be fair, they, they handled Mr. that. Mr. Moxie! Moxie. Uh, um, but like, yeah, like Brett was facing the wrong way for half of it. And they they didn't have a camera. They actually, sorry, they did have a cameraman in place, but they just were were not cutting to him for whatever reason. And then when they did, Brett turned around again. I think this is the type of thing. Like a lot of the things we've mentioned, the missing the spots in the battle royal, the the title not being revealed properly. Uh, um, you know, Marvez not really know, knowing what to do and the Twitter not being active. These are all little things that aren't that big a deal. But if in a year's time we're on double or nothing too, and we're still talking about this, that's, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, uh, I, 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 I'm pretty forgiving on stuff like this, not even just on this show, but like for the first couple of shows, like if God, my God help them, if they're doing live TV when they start in October, I mean, I'm sure that's going to be a mess early on, but I think the important thing is that they learn from it and that they get stuff like this down. It's actually a, a great point you made there is it, yeah, it felt like they were reacting to things like, do the cameramen know that like the point of the segment is for Brett to pull the title out? Are they aware of that? You know, well, not even the cameraman, but the, whoever's directing it backstage. Yeah. Because uh, you would assume they would have the shot ready by the time Brett is pulling the belt out, but they were they were still on the crowd. Hardcore, Brett's already got it out. 
Not his penis, the belt, I mean. <laughs> anyway. I would hope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then apparently, Brett had a fall on the way back, but he is okay. <laughs> That's true. I don't know why that's that's, that, Yeah, I know, I heard, yeah. 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 It's just like... He's got the worst look. Keep uh, he gets attacked, and when he doesn't get attacked, he has a fall. Poor lad. Jesus. Anyway, we then had <laughs> maybe the best match of the year. For me, anyway. Go on. These four lads are fucking unreal. The Young Bucks yes. and the Lucha Brothers. I'm sorry. WWE... Who was it? Was it your man, um, Greg... Oh my god! Oh name? my god! That's oh my the, the NXT Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, who I don't even know what show he does. I, have, I haven't heard his name in years. I think he does. I have no idea. Who he he does the NXT um, like ring announcer, and maybe just like SmackDown or something. But oh, he's he's the one that goes Shinsuke Nakamura. That's him. Yeah, he, okay. He did a very ill-advised tweet after where he was like, sorry, lads, uh, the Usos are the best tag team in the world. And if you don't like that, you can go to hell. Um, he said, it's either that or the New Day. Sorry, um, sorry. The New Day. Uh, mm. com- c- compared to these boyos in this match? Like, okay, fair enough. The New Day and the Usos in particular have, have had some excellent matches over the years. Of course, hey, they're great. They, they are great, of course. They are, are not even in the same league as these two, I'm afraid. This is another world of wrestling ability. These lads were doing stuff that I couldn't believe was happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Phoenix... I mean, Phoenix, Phoenix in particular is... Phoenix, Phoenix is a video game character. It's It's crazy. Hey, Phoenix might be one of, the, one of the best wrestlers in the world at this stage. Absolutely, yeah. Um, like, yeah. Uh, he's doing springboard spin kicks into a springboard into Hurricane Rana. Uh, and then back on his feet doing a, a, a huge, huge leaping RKO thing as well. <laughs> oh. I don't know. We had, we had a, a, a Canadian destroyer off the back of Pentagon. Yes. Onto oh one God, of the young yeah. books. Um, uh, well, too, too many spots to call back to. Like, Yeah. And, and maybe too, too many in general. I think, I think they lost me a little bit towards the end. No, I, I, I was, uh, my, my jaw was on the floor right until the end. I, I still loved it. I went, I went 4.5 on the old uh, mm. grapple app, follow the Barry Led on there. Um, um, it, was, it was fucking incredible. And it was, again, like, like a real statement match. You know what I mean? You, you, can, you can watch this and you can show it to like a lapsed fan or whatever or a partially interested fan and, and blow them away. It feels like ages since I've seen the Young Bucks have a match like this as well. I mean, you know, uh, the type of match that first got. Yeah, there was, there, was, there was no fucking comedy in here this was a full-on cruiserweight <laughs> excuse the pun a cruiserweight classic yeah oh jesus they were doing motor city machine gun spots el generico spots 
Oh, and I love Excalibur like acknowledging that all oh, the Young Bucks they've had these legendary matches with Steen and Generico and and Motor City Machine Guns. That was so great. Like yeah. they, like them having the spots was great. Him knowing the, the significance of those spots was great. Yeah. Um, oh God, it's funny because and he said this on commentary and he's probably right. He's like, I've probably called more Young Bucks matches than anyone else alive. Um, and with them being such a central figure in the company. That's going to mean that he knows exactly what he's talking about at all times in 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 their um, uh, main event matches. Yeah, I don't remember what move it was either, but I remember Phoenix taking a bump like directly onto his head. Maybe more than once. Probably, yeah. <sighs> Crazy. Was it a? Was it a? Uh, Nick Jackson doing that uh, leap over the top rope? Oh, the X Factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he kind of takes like an RVD bump on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Uh, that, that whoever does it, that's my favorite little bump. The old pencil bump. <laughs> they're they're perfectly vertical on their head. Probably not good for them, but oh, it no, looks great every time. And uh, this was for the Triple uh, A Tag Team Championships, as <laughs> as yeah. Justin Roberts felt the need to say. Um, <laughs> that's what it's called. Well, yeah, but just. You're not triple A. Just say triple A. You're an English speaker. Say 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 triple A. But um, uh, Young Bucks retained, which I was surprised to see. Yeah, Um, I I was nearly expecting a Lucha Bros win. Um, but uh, but yeah, hey, do a rematch if you want. I don't care. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, sensational stuff. God, Pentagon and Phoenix, all four of these lads, they're just great. Um, and Pentagon's Pentagon's star aura really translates in the bigger stage as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's 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 fantastic. Um, yeah, and that brings us to the main event, um, which was so Adam Page won the Battle Royal to fill one slot in the AEW title match. This, I guess, was for the other slot. It was Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. Um, I think there's there's kind of two aspects of this match. There's like everything that happened before the final five minutes, and then there's the final five minutes. Um, I thought they were having a hell of a match for that first segment. Um, Jericho obviously has his limitations, but I thought I thought they were doing pretty well. Kenny was going all out. It was very much Kenny in the big match setting. Um, they did all their table spots and all this other stuff. I thought it was really, really good. And then it, they messed up a spot, and then they sort of uh, redid the spot, which is always kind of awkward and kind of lame. Yeah, And then... I don't know what possessed him or anyone involved in this decision. Jericho thought, I know what I'll do um, in, in this you know most important night in the last 20 years of, of wrestling. I'll debut a new finish. Um, <laughs> even, though I ha- even though I have like two of the most famous and over finishers in modern wrestling, I'm going to do a little MMA-inspired shit, baby. That's right, me. I used to be, you know, a, a, a Japanese junior heavyweight in the '90s, and uh, and and I, you know, but now I'm a shooter. Um, at 50 years old, I, I I don't know. I don't have a problem with him having a new move, but but now as the night debut, it I have no idea what that was about. Um, and I think it hurt the match quite a bit, unfortunately. Um, I don't think the match was terrible. I thought it was actually. I think still think it was overall really good, but um. Ugly, ugly closing stretch. I thought. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know quite how I feel about the 
the Judas effect. I don't think it looked too bad, but that might have been because Omega was already, you know, bleeding out the nose. Um, I'd be interested to see how it looks on someone else. Because I think Omega's bump for it and selling kind of... He might have done a Bret Hart Tom McGee for Jericho's new finish, so to speak. Um, yeah, it kind of fell apart a little towards the end. I don't know if Omega got dinged up a little bit. Um, one thing I loved as well was Jericho's entrance with the little callbacks to... Oh, that was fantastic, yeah. The various yeah. bits of his career. Um, it was funny because I was fully expecting him to come out to um, Judas, which of course he did. Um, but like the first little Lionheart, and I was like, "What? What's happening here? Is he coming out?" And of course, it was just a little callback, and then they had um, the list of Jericho and um, what else do they do? They had the Lionheart, list of Jericho, uh, the light up jacket, of course. Yes, yeah. And then his new persona, which is just him in a in the jacket, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Mid- mid- midlife crisis kiss fan. <laughs> I'm in a jacket and a little fedora. Oh, God. Man who posts on Reddit. This was probably my least favourite match of the night, to be honest. Oh, really? Uh, I, th- I think so as well, yeah. What was what did you have lowered in this? Mm, you know what? You might be right. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think any of the matches was were particularly bad. I just thought it, it, they kind of went from kind of good to great. So I, I probably have this on the same level as maybe the best friends match, the women's match, not the tag. Yeah, like they're they, they, they're they, all you know six or seven out of ten. And then you had your 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 eights and your nines. You know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um. Anyway. What the match is going to be remembered for is ooh that come out of the crowd after little Dini Ambrose. Ooh, oh god, it, and it was perfect. I mean, it was, it was, it was, oh, it was great. They definitely, great. they definitely needed as good as the show was. I, I was feeling because I was under the impression that nothing was going to happen. What a mark, brother! Um, they definitely needed something newsworthy to just reinforce kind of the whole show as yeah. an event as a newsworthy event right this is a yeah a line in the sand yeah things have changed yeah one of WWE's biggest stars has left and come here and this is this is the new era because I was kind of I think a lot of us maybe thought it would happen but I was kind of resigned to thinking actually maybe they won't do it on this show yeah. maybe they'll yeah. save it for the, the first TV show or something like that so I kind of thought oh it's probably not happening but I'm not disappointed um but then it did happen and it's like yeah fuck yeah Do you remember? <laughs> um so he came out uh with mocks spray painted on the back of his uh of his vest doing a little randy orton style <laughs> wiggle i guess i don't know how you call it his yeah he was being wacky 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 uh lunatic fringe he did his little ddt's on Jericho and the ref. And he tried to get one on Omega. Omega grappled him. Took him down out to the floor. Shot. And uh, they fought They fought up to the entranceway. Onto the giant poker chips. Uh, he gave him the DDT. And then threw him off onto a big crash pad. 
I My God, the attitude era is back. I, I thought the ending was a little WWE. It was very. Because, um, and I think that was actually, if there was a criticism of this show in general, I feel like they had very declarative matches, like the Joshi match and stuff like that. But in general, the kind of presentation was very much just, hey, we're going to be like WWE, but better and cooler and more diverse. That was kind of the... It, it was very much not like, okay, we're going to do, you know, UFC-style presentation, or right? it was no shit at all like that. It was... It's like, we're Major League WWE-esque wrestling, but better, was, was the vibe. And I think this closing angle, as cool as it was, kind of cemented that. Yeah, I mean, ironically, I I felt initially that it was like very WCW like. That's that's kind of popped I mean, up in my head too. first and foremost. Um, and I mean, at the same time, they did kind of the interviews they did afterwards were very UFC style, and they did like a weigh in beforehand as well. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I I I I really really like the ending. Uh, it's funny now because I remember when when. He joined WWE and became Dean Ambrose. We all complained about what a rubbish name Dean Ambrose is. Uh, John Moxley is is a stupid name, and it doesn't it doesn't roll off the tongue well. It doesn't sound cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it it's definitely an an indie name, Moxley. Well, that's where it came from. Yeah, that was his. That was his. Indie I understand name. that, but. It is, yeah. It's all, yeah. It's it's it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a funky name. Um, but that was the show, yeah. Even even having reservations about Moxley as a wrestler, and having reservations about Kenny Omega even as a wrestler, when they when Kenny tackled him out of the ring, crowd went crazy. I was like, well, you can't say they haven't put an angle here that the crowd is going to eat up like fucking no. a dog no. eating hot chips. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, because it's like they are two very popular, very cool guys that that um uh, will be um will be interesting to see them feud, and I, I think that was a, a subtle great thing about this show was that they did lay the the groundwork for some angles. Um, mm. Jericho winning, I actually didn't have a problem with because I think him versus Page is a better um better world title dynamic. Mm. Um. Uh, Omega versus Moxley is good, um, and then the 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 Rhodes brothers stuff um, is is pretty good. So I think you know, you know, different from All In, I think they actually teased some decent stuff coming out of this rather than just having a good match. Yeah, and the the thing that they're kind of sailing on at the moment is a lot a lot of goodwill towards the company. Um, for instance, I mean every crowd shot. You would see nearly everyone wearing an AEW T-shirt. Yeah, the 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 one thing they don't have yet, which which WWE unfortunately is going to be burdened with for the rest of their existence, is the the burnt out jaded fans who fucking hate them. <laughs> you know, AEW don't have that, and they really need to to kind of keep that going as long as they can. The the goodwill of the fans, mm. and by by presenting these kind of dream matches. Of um, Omega against Ambrose or Moxley, and you know stuff of that ilk. Um, I think they're probably going to be all right. I think they will, and I think there's going to be not exactly a steady supply, but there's going to be people kind of coming from other organisations and joining them. 
kind of over the months as their ghost contracts run out and things like that. Yeah. Um, to the point where they will be able to do these kind of big debuts from time to time and you know, shake things up a little bit. It's very interesting now to see how the indie scene is kind of bolstered by this because, you know, in previous, like, what, the last two years, it seems like a lot of the big indie stars were just being hoovered up by NXT. But now there's going to be a little bit of competition in the marketplace. It'd be interesting to see how that affects NXT going forward, specifically. Because um, presumably, you're going to get wrestlers going to AEW on much bigger contracts they would be getting for their, oh, yeah. their NXT development. Being, being on national TV, not the network. Yeah. Yeah, like, the, the, yeah, the, the incentive, you know, if WWE wants you just so no one else can have you, but they don't really want you so they're signing you to nxt uk or some shit like that the incentive is now really gone from that because you might you might get an actual deal from someone else i mean that's that's the real story out of this whole thing is is just the uh the good old days of competition um uh, on the scene but uh yeah so i think we're all fairly uh fairly happy with that um and we uh we kind of we're, we're kind of waiting patiently now for uh, TV details, time, day. Um, uh, it was confirmed in the StarCast uh, events that ITV will have the television deal in the UK as well. Mm-hmm. Again, no day, no time. They didn't confirm which channel. They just said uh, ITV. But uh, yeah, we uh, the Chairshot podcast will be waiting attentively for further details. Oh, hell yeah. And we might rebrand as a uh, AEW fan cast down the line. <laughs> Let's get on that right now before other people do. We'll be beaten. All right. to it. I'll change yeah. the Twitter now. There you go. The AEW uh, uh, Shot Podcast. There you go. Uh, we don't really want to talk about the WWE title, do we? The 24 no, I just want to say that I like it. Ah, Paul! God, Not Paul. the belt itself, but the. Yeah. I like the guy. I've I always oh. liked the old hardcore. Patterson Briscoe. What do you mean your eyes are burning you? Oh, he hits him with the, hits him with the glass. Oh, oh, great stuff. God. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Oh, I'm, yeah. Twenty years ago. Yeah. Now that's me, the thing is like when they would when they do those skits like I watched them on on, on SmackDown this week where like uh, Carmella is trying to hide our truth and then all, all the jabrones come following them. I'm like, this is you're you're literally just doing a bad impression of the Crash Holly stuff. Like that's all this well, is. Well, this is the thing. I the 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 hardcore title was never twenty people chasing one person around backstage. It was like one or two might ambush him at a I don't know a signing or something. You know. And I'd like yeah. them to go more into that direction. A little, little bit of subtlety to it, which I know has never been their strong suit. But I like the idea of the belt, and at least it's something creative that they can do do something different. I know that's like the lowest of the low of expectations, but do something new. I mean, it's not really new, but some, <laughs> something different to what, something. Something different to what they've been doing. It's not new, and it's like... It's like Oh, like, oh God! When Foley put the belt down, and the biggest collection of fucking dorks came down to scramble around in the dirt for this pound shop belt. Oh God, it was tragic. And that's the that's the real bad thing. They they just have all the losers, and it, it's not anything remotely interesting. I don't know. I I. The only thing I liked about it this week was the the really terrible, embarrassing segment where Foley revealed it. 
Um, <laughs> to, to and, the, the, and the most of the people were sleeping and a tiny percentage were booing. <laughs> <laughs> the fan apathy was, was very, very bad. Um, no, I like oh, the moment where our truth was like helping Bobby Roode. He's like, get in the car, get in the car. And he opens the door and the ref's in there. What are you doing? What are you doing in here? And he gets rolled up. That kind of stuff is fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I can't disagree with any of your points. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm kind of cautiously and irrationally optimistic. Well, we'll see. We'll see how long they stick with it as well. That's my yeah. main... Also, by the way, NXT, this fucking takeover card is going to be so fucking good. Uh, Matt Riddle against Roderick Strong. Where do I s- sign up for that? Hell yeah. Christ. Yeah. It's going to be great. Tyler Breeze is back in NXT as well. He's going to be against the Velveteen Dream. Yes. Uh, ladder match for the tag titles. Yeah. Only Lorcan in there. He's going to do some mad shit. I'm sure of it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah. So that's that's your little your little snippet of WWE talk this week. Uh, that's next week, isn't it? It is. When is it? Hang on, I have to take over. Might be two weeks from now. Uh, I yeah, I think we'll it's be talking s- about it anyway. Hang on, twenty-five. NXT Takeover twenty-five. It is on. When is it? Google, tell me when it is. Hang on. XXV. That's the way right now. Uh, June first. Yeah, it's this this weekend. Okay. This weekend coming. Um, alrighty. Well, anyway. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this week's uh, show, folks. If you enjoyed AEW, uh, I'll say all for nothing. <laughs> if oh, you no. enjoyed AEW, what a depressing show name that would be. If you want, if you enjoyed double, that'll be nothing, that'll be the name of their last show. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to email us your thoughts, go to chairshoppodcast.com. Pop us a little email. We're interested in your thoughts. We want to know if you're if you're more or less excited with the company going forward, uh, and also your thoughts on it as a standalone show. Go crazy telling us there and also you can find the episode archive on there as well uh, at Chairshop Pod on Twitter is what you need to follow and also our individual Twitters the Barry Lad, Paul Griffin CSP Griff until next week folks it's going to be goodbye from me Barry Murphy it's going to be goodbye from Paul Griffin never you know me bonbons and it's goodbye Joe Tavern goodbye